Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. morning, my friends, and happy Thursday. Yesterday, we saw part two of Stephen's speech before the Jewish council, likely the Sanhedrin. And we saw him go all the way back throughout the history of God's people to Abraham, to God's promise to him that we saw God keep. Stephen shared that. And looking back, He also said that Moses, who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers, likely speaking about the Christ, the Messiah, who we know is Jesus, showing another promise God made that he would ultimately keep, that he did keep. And then God gave the Jews the Ten Commandments. It says he received living oracles to give to us. And this story, this history of Moses that Stephen is sharing is where we resume today. So let's jump right into Acts chapter 7 verse 39 and I am reading from the ESV. Our fathers refused to obey him but thrust him aside. And in their hearts, they turned to Egypt. Now remember this parallel. It's so important. Giving this example, starting all the way back with Moses, of how God's people turned away from him. They turned away from his word. They turned away from his calling. And as we see... In their hearts they turned to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make for us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who led us out from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol, and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. So they turned away from God, over to idols, to false gods, to false priorities. And this was a cycle that if you read through the Old Testament, looking at the book of Judges, looking at the books of Kings, the books of Chronicles, we see this over and over again. Even throughout the prophets, God's people turn away. God sends someone to share with them and ultimately they repent and come back just to turn away again in a few years time, this cycle. And they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. But God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me slain beasts and sacrifices? During the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel, you took up the tent of Moloch, a false god that was popular at the time, and the star of your god Raphan, and images that you made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. 
Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. So these wanderers, they had the tabernacle, a tent that was pitched with them that contained the presence of the Lord. That's where God came to meet with them. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. God's work driving out the nations from the promised land. And Joshua led his people into that promise. So it was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. David asked to build God a temple, a house. But it was Solomon, David's son, who built a house for him. Solomon is the one who built the temple. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? Stephen is pointing out that even in the Old Testament, even though there was the tabernacle and the temple, and yes, God met with his people there, that did not contain God. Heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool, so small in comparison to God. And just an interesting connection again, this seems to connect back to that accusation against him. That this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place, the temple. And perhaps this is the kind of language they're talking about. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Uncircumcised in heart and ears. Circumcision, just like Stephen mentioned previously in his speech, was a sign given to Abraham to set the people of God apart as a covenant reminder. Having a physical reminder of God's covenant promise. And he's saying you are uncircumcised. Your heart and your ears are undevoted to God. Your heart and your ears are not pointing to God's promises. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? So now he, Stephen, is pointing back to that cycle that he introduced with Moses. This cycle of turning away and persecuting God's prophets. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, the Christ, the Messiah, the promised Savior. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. 
you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. God's people were so fortunate, the Jews throughout the Old Testament, because God's presence was with them. We saw it in the wandering in the desert that Stephen alluded to with Moses. He was with his people. He made himself known to them in the tabernacle, in the column of smoke and fire. He went before them. His presence was with them and he gave them his word. They had the Old Testament. From Genesis, the Psalms, all the way through the prophets, he gifted them his word and yet they did not keep it. So Stephen here is drawing all of these connections to the cyclical nature of God's people turning away from him and calling out the priests in front of him. Remember, he is speaking in a Jewish council, likely their high court, and he is calling them out. The righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So he's got some major law, harsh, convicting truth being spoken to these priests, these religious elite, and yet there is also a beautiful promise. He has already shown that God is a promise keeper, and he has shown that there is a promise of the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ the righteous one. And he is alluding to the truth that that righteous one is Jesus, that God has kept his promise yet again by sending a savior. And in that way, Stephen is also communicating a beautiful gospel truth of good news and grace. Stay tuned because tomorrow we are going to see the response of the priests to this intense message. So I will see you tomorrow morning. Thanks for tuning in today. For more information, visit hesedheart.com.